Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by founder and CEO of the Women's National Football Conference, Odessa Jenkins. Odessa talks about the genesis of the WNFC, the importance of flexibility, accepting no's as a mean to your next yes, and so, so much more. This episode is really fun, and Odessa is doing some incredible things. So let's get to it. Odessa, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job. I have been so, so excited to talk to you. So excited to be here, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I want us to jump right in because lots to discuss. And I would just like you to start by taking us through your professional journey and getting us to the point where the Women's National Football Conference was started. Sure. Um, So I am an athlete. Uh, always have been, always will be. I guess technically I'm a coach now, but I I started um, playing football as a little girl up through uh, middle school. And then in middle school, I had a coach tell me, listen, you need to play a girl's sport. So Hmm. I went over the basketball and uh, played D1 basketball at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, go Mustangs. And uh, when I left college, I immediately went looking for football again. Like, hey, what's do women play football? Do girls play? Uh, it was a whole thing. At that same time, I was just getting in the industry. So I started at a at a healthcare tech startup, which was like one of the first companies to do mail order um, uh, prescriptions. Okay. I was learning about business at the same time that I was sort of getting into the sport of football. Um, and I just started looking. And, and then in, the, in, in 2009, I moved to Dallas with that company. And when I moved to Dallas, I found, I Googled, uh, women's football, women's tackle football and, and, Mm -hmm. and found out that women had been playing for like 50 years. Wow. Is going on. How did I not know this is someone who lives and breathes football? Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, of course, I started playing, and at that same time, about three or four years in my playing career, I got into startup tech, um, SaaS technology, and I started to really understand how businesses were built, how value was created, product market fit, funding, all of these things. And as I played in my football career in all of these amateur leagues, I won some national titles, some world titles with Team USA. And I finally realized that that, that women just weren't making any money. Teams weren't making any money. And no one seemed to 
have a problem with that. Like mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be okay with the growth of football everywhere except for for women. And I thought that that was really odd. Um, and so in 2017, myself, along with a bunch of my teammates on the U.S. national team and some women that I played against, we started being recruited by the NFL um, for the Bill Walsh Diversity Internship with a purpose of being more inclusive, right? Mm -hmm. And at this point, I was starting to get into team ownership and women's tackle football and and really getting tired that that we were not progressing from the business side or the marketing side. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was a running backs coach with the Atlanta Falcons and I was sitting and uh, Devontae Freeman was about to sign the most lucrative uh, contract for a running back in the history of the NFL at that time. And at that time I was rated as the top running back in the world. And and I realized that no one had ever given me anything. And that's when I knew that my journey as a coach in the NFL would be over and that I would be, I wanted to go home and try my hardest to use what I'd learned in startup tech, startup tech, and what I knew about women's football over the last decade, um, to build somewhere where women could pay, play professionally, and that girls could truly look to um, as the most professional entity in women's tackle football. A year later, the WNFC was born, and here we are. And here we are. We are headed into our fourth season. And everything that we um, said we would do, we've been lucky enough to do there. It is really just the beginning. But ultimately, the mission of the company is we're building a corporation, obviously. Um, We want women to be paid a living wage to play professional football. But more importantly, we want to change the world and and show every little girl that everything's possible for her. So I want to go back to something you said early on that you play, we were playing, playing, sorry, playing football as a kid. And you had a coach say to you, you have to find a girl's sport. How much did that resonate with you and kind of power you to where you are now? Cause like you said, you want young girls to say, well, this, this could be a girl's sport. This is a girl's sport. Oh, it pissed me off pretty good. Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, but at the time, like, the, you, especially when a coach says it, you, you, your coach is supposed to have your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And it was true. The boys were getting bigger and faster and I was getting faster, but not bigger. And, and it was clear that there was, there was no place for me playing with boys, mm-hmm. but I never considered that girls even played. Like it wasn't even a thing for me. And that impacted me because I, I don't, I, I, there are, there are eighth graders today who are having that same reality. Mm-hmm. Um, now with the growth of flag and the growth of the WNFC and what everyone is coming around, you know, the expansion of the game, I think those things are changing, but there are girls and women today still who don't think playing football at a high level is for them. And you want to change that. I assume that you are. I, I am. And I will. 
So you're in your fourth season. I want to go back. I want to go back a little bit. I'm kind of jumping around timeline wise, but I want to go back a little bit to your time with the Falcons because I'd love to know a little bit about what you learned in that time period in being a coach on that staff and kind of what you were able to take with you kind of in terms of any adversity you face and how it's helped you now with the WNFC. You know, um, that coaching staff, um, you know, Coach Quinn, Coach Simo, um, you know, Raheem Morris, mm-hmm. um, all of all everyone in the in the running backs room, um, they they were pretty. They are pretty amazing humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get you don't generally get to the highest level of anything. Um, if, if you aren't an overachiever and if you don't do things in a certain way professionally and that, that Atlanta Falcons, um, coaching staff, um, was one of the most professional, um, staffs that I've ever to to this day, um, that I've ever come in contact with, um, you know, coach Keach, Coach Keith Carter, who's now the O-line coach for the Titans, was the running backs coach for me while I was in the room. And I guess what I learned the most from being in the organization and being in the operation is how to conduct yourself with the highest level of professionalism mm-hmm. and, and to perform for what you want and not for what you are. And that's mm-hmm. really what the NFL, you know, I think a lot of people are confused that the NFL is runs one of the most top-notch operations in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all think that it's sport, but it really is the business of sport. And I learned a lot. I was only there nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about how to um, brand and market yourself and and really how to how to run a football operation, but also also the business of of creating a brand. So I I, I had a lot of adversity, but that was more about the fact that the the level of of football um, that is played and, and coached coached in the NFL um, is the top of the line. It's the one percent of the one percent, and it, it it definitely is is do or, or don't. And I was lucky enough to to bring some juice every day and get a lot of respect in those nine weeks. So when you talk about the business of it, and I think that's an important thing to focus on for a little bit, because at the end of the day, this is a business and you obviously want to change the world. You are changing the world and what you're doing is amazing, but it is a business and needs to be run as such. And so can you talk a little bit about what surprised you most in that world as you started the WNFC from a business perspective, what was one of your biggest surprises? I think a couple of the biggest surprises for me was the sheer amount of people, money, um, and the different roles and responsibilities that it takes to pull off a practice mm-hmm. at the highest level, let alone um, to make a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it is, it, it's taken a hundred years for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's all very strategic. Uh, and I think the other thing that, 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 I really didn't realize before I got into to the NFL is how much the players have, how much responsibility the players have um, to the organization. You know, as a as an outsider looking in, 
you really don't understand how much the players truly dominate a lot that, that goes on on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the business of an NFL team is is pristine. And I think I was just really surprised at what all it took to just pull off every minute in the day. So if you as you look back on your first four seasons, how have you seen things change in a positive way from season one to season four? And what would you say is the biggest adjustment you've had to make? I think the the, the things that I've seen that have been positive from one to four, you know, we got we've gotten some great brand sponsors. I think for women playing tackle football as long as they have, it's never been marketed or branded. There's never been real um, production, that kind of thing. So really I started from scratch mm-hmm. and the idea that we started with a relationship with Adidas and saw that relationship renew and more brand sponsors start to come into the door and say, yeah, okay, never heard of you guys, but we we're interested in this. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that was good now to get into relationships like with Dick Sporting Goods and, and Riddell Sports. I think that's a, that's a positive. Also, the amount of women and where they're coming from has changed. Mm-hmm. It used to be kind of a word of mouth thing. You know, you, you, you play because you heard someone else played. Well, now the amount of social media reach, the amount, frankly, of media reach and the amount of Division One athletes who are playing in the WNFC, I think will, will, would make people's heads turn. And so it increases the quality of play. I think the things that surprised me that I that I kind of didn't come come see coming was how hard um, it would be to, I guess, get people to clearly understand that this is just football, right? Like, uh-huh. it, it, I think a lot of people expect gimmicks when uh-huh. it comes to women in sports. They expect you to compromise. And to make it make sense to them, to make it make sense to the male gaze. Um, but what we're really trying to do is to show a pristine level of marketing, branding, uh, and the highest level of sport possible um, in tackle football. So I think it just still surprises me that people know it takes money and resources to really see something get off the ground. Yet in women's sports, we we still aren't aren't getting the benefit of the doubt to get money and resources. That's a very interesting point. What do you think has to change in order for that to change? You know, I think we'll have to continue to put up numbers. Um, I think we're going to have to continue to do more with less. Yeah, you know, I wish the world was fair, um, but it's not. I think we're going to have to keep working working towards equity. Um, before we can get to equality. So I think, you know, you give me a dollar, I'm going to have to show how that dollar can turn into a a thousand eyeballs and a hundred thousand dollars. Whereas you give, you know, another male spring league a dollar, they have to show how it can turn into 50 cents. Mm -hmm. And that's just my reality. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with it, but I'm fully embracing it. And I'm confident that I can turn that dollar into a thousand. That's just, that, I think that's the reality, and you have to face reality if you want to build a business. I think. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I would say, I just think that's a really important point because a, a lot of times the reality is upsetting or unfortunate and sometimes it is what it is and how you work within that reality, I think is how you become successful. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's not going to change. I think rela- building relationships is important. The mm-hmm. longer I'm in the business of sports and entertainment, the more I'm realizing that, you know, part of the reason that women in sports aren't where they should be is because they don't have the relationships, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those billion dollar relationships that you can walk in and get a get a friend um, to, to write you a check because they think you're cool. Um, just, just doesn't happen. And, and the fan doesn't really understand that that, that happens every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, people get the benefit of the doubt in business and, and, and funders think it's less risky just because somebody next to you did it. You didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that, that women's sports properties necessarily get that, but what's going to have to change is frankly, somebody's going to have to be more brave and be more smart than they are with their dollar. Either you're an investor or you're a saver. If you're an investor, you're not, you shouldn't, losing money shouldn't be at the forefront of your, your thoughts. Multiplying your dollar is what you should be thinking about. So I just, I think if um, investors get more brave and those who are continuing to fight the fight, stay in the battle, we're going to be all right. So when you first started, whether it was when you first started the WNFC, when you first got into coaching generally, or even as an athlete or a real or in technology, so a plethora of options for you here, but what is a criticism that you received early on that has been very helpful for you going forward? Perhaps a constructive criticism. Oh, I was about to say, um, I'll give you two, uh, no, uh, constructive criticism. I think probably the most recent piece of constructive criticism is to continue to be flexible, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and realize that tackle football is it's since no one has seen women, most people haven't seen women playing it. They don't know what to make of it in their brain. So mm-hmm. use all of those sort of ancillary um, opportunities that you can, whether it's flag football, whether it's connecting with other sports league, whether it's the growth of freaking pickleball, whatever it is, right? Don't mm-hmm. don't be insulted by those things. Look at them as amplifications of something new that people haven't seen. And I think that's probably some of the best advice that I've ever given is, um, you know, everything that you see is an opportunity to help your brand. And what is a criticism that was not constructive and probably not fair, but perhaps was able to fuel you going forward? Nobody wants to see women play tackle football. It is marketable. (laughs) The world, there is no precedent for the world wanting to see that. And that's, 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 that was like advice given to me from some very prominent people. Odessa, you're so talented you could be spending this extra time on something else. You, you could be making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars right now, but you're really wasting your time. And my feet, my, my response is always, well, how do you know? It's like, it's, it's, yeah. the, same, it's the same as my like six-year-old's response to my parents. <laughs> with me something like, like, okay, well, did you do it already? Because if you did it already, cool. But if you've never pointed 16 cameras, 
at a women's tackle football game, then how do you know the world wants to see it? Because if you gave me an NFL production, I'd give you a $100 million product. Mm -hmm. I had a feeling that was going to be the one that was the (laughs) unfair one that fueled you, but I think your response is perfect. And you're right. How do you know? And I, and I also believe you're, of course you're right. If you give, you give all those cameras, you do get an NFL product. So where, where can everyone see this product? They can watch us at, on Vire Network. Um, okay. It's through through Apple or through Android app. It's called Vire Network on the V Sports channel. All of our games starting April 1st will be streamed live there and through our website at WNFCfootball.com. And uh, you can follow us at all of our socials at WNFC Football. And so this is... This is so fun because I, I'm just excited for our listeners to be introduced to something that they may not be aware of. And the stat that's kind of sticking out to me is the idea that women have been playing tackle football for 50 years. It's That is something that that I didn't know. As a woman in the industry, there's something that that I've learned that I'm so excited about. So I'm just excited to get to, to hear more about it and, and watch you on your journey. So I guess my next question is, in four years, when you're in your eighth season, where are you hoping that this is? In four years, eighth season, we're going to have, you know, we're going to quadruple the amount of revenue um, that that we're making. Um, we're going to be, you know, probably on our Series A investment. Um, we're going to have multiple players in the league making a living wage. Um, we're going to have um, players who are brands that the world recognizes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be bringing a massive amount of return on investment um, from our to, to our loyal brand um, partners, those who have been with us since the beginning. Um, the fans of the world are going to be in love with both tackle, w- women playing both tackle and flag football. Um, we're going to be seeing it on network TV on a regular basis. And more importantly, there won't be a woman or a girl who will wake up and, and, and think, I want to be a quarterback and not know where to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. What has the response been like from the NFL and from the league? It's been cool. You know, they have, they have really like watched this process. Um, and we got some good relationships in the NFL ops offices and, and, the growth of flag football and they are really about creating inclusion right now. So I think that, that even more will be done, you know, as, as that continues to go in the future, but they've been super supportive. We, we just came off of supporting them at the the pro bowl and that was cool. A bunch of WNFC women. Um, and we'll, you know, just came from super bowl as well and doing a lot of media with them and stuff. So I think that relationship and, the support from the NFL will just just continue as we all look to create a more inclusive future for football. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? Don't wait till you have it figured out. Just start. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone that you need to know you is already in your network or connected to someone in your network. So whether you have the resources or not, once you get the plan and once you have the moxie to deal with the nose, start. And that's an important part of it is being able to deal with the nose because I think when, for those of us who 
are starting our own thing. And that's something when people ask me, the fangirl, how did you start it? I said, I just did, you know, I just started it one day. That just, that's just what happened. And, and that's how all these things happen, but you have to be, I guess, confident enough in your product and confident enough in yourself that the nose can't deter you because the nose don't mean you're wrong. They're just a no. And I think that's a really important thing to accept. Yeah, it's 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 critical to kind of anything you're doing because because ex- accepting the no's help move you towards your next yes. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm stacking no's to create a yes. It's not no to me. It's it's just getting to the next yes. And I think that's what confidence truly is. Confidence isn't some feeling or something that you have built up in your heart. Confidence is literally the idea that you're gonna figure it out. One way or another, it's going to get figured out. And I think if you are going to start in the business of sport and entertainment, you need to start, one, because somebody else is starting right next to you. And mm-hmm. then, two, you just have to have confidence in in, in your vision and what you've, what you've built. With that in mind, has your confidence or resolve ever been tested? It gets tested every day. Um, but I'm, I, I, I stay passing that test, (laughs) you know, I think, um, to be anyone in this business, um, not just a woman, but a woman in particular who is a founder of a professional sports league, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, they talk about unicorns and I hate that they use that, but the, the idea that there's almost no one like you or never been anyone like you. Mm-hmm. Um, means that you have to walk in with a certain level of confidence that really the world hasn't seen yet. How have you, over the last several years, generally seen opportunities change and grow for women in the sports industry? And how do you think we can improve upon that still? I think that women, I think this is our time. I think the time, you know, there are more people willing to listen and have a conversation. I think the idea that, um, you know, the, 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 the private business sector has started to take inclusion seriously has helped women's sports like nothing other. Mm -hmm. I think the idea that this next generation of kids, like my, like they, if you aren't about being inclusive, if you aren't about standing for something with your brand, they will not buy your stuff. Like these kids, they, this this generation actually gives a crap, right? So I think those two things have come together to at least get women in sports and leaders and executive women in the room. So there are more conversations there there ever have been. I think there's also more dollars and more people who are willing to take risks. And frankly, there are just more women making decisions. And the more that we have people who understand our struggle making the decisions, the better we are. So I think there's no greater time than any to be in the business of sport and and women's sports. So I would love, and and we do this on every episode, but I am very excited in particular to hear yours. Can you take us through a day in the life of Odessa Jenkins? Oh my goodness, friend. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you want to pick two different types of days. I mean, I, I think what you're doing is so important and so incredible. And I'm so excited about it that if you want to take us through like a random Wednesday or then maybe a game day, however you want to do it. But you know, it's like, it's like grit and grind. Right. So like, I am a person who's lucky enough to, you know, I do what I have to do so I can do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when I, you know, I, I wake up and if I'm working, you know, I'm doing tech work and, 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 you know, so that I can make some money to fund my business. So I'm up, um, I'm, I'm speaking with my, with, with my God and my higher power. I get up, I, um, usually try and get some sort of walk-in or some sort of fitness in, um, chill with my dog, my wife. I get right on the computer. I get going. Um, I'm usually having about seven to eight phone calls. I'm stalking brands. I'm stalking other executives. Um, I'm usually spamming someone who's very, very senior in an organization or a decision maker, um, trying to introduce myself and get in the room. Um, I hear about, I hear no about six to seven times a day, 365 days a year. Um, so I'm usually trying to figure out how to turn a no into a yes. Um, and if it's practice day, because I'm a football coach, um, you know, after about 12 hours of working, um, phone calls, computers, Zooms, Teams, those kind of things, I jump in the car, I go to football practice, I practice for two hours, usually get out of there about 10 p.m. Um, I get back home, I work for another two hours, and I get up at about 6.30 a.m. do it all again. And I think that's, that's quite a day. Well, I have to ask, first of all, the most important question of all, and what kind of dog do you have? What is the dog's name and how old is the dog? I have, you can hear my dog? No, but you mentioned that you spend time with your dog and your wife. And as a dog yeah, person, that really name. stood out to me. Yes. <laughs> Cleveland Brown Jenkins. Oh. Yellow Lab. He is the coolest dude on the block. He is the most famous person in my house. Nobody knows about him, but he's that dude. Cleveland, he's a he's a yellow lab. He's amazing. He's two. He's two. Oh, Cleveland. Okay, so that was one of my first and most important questions. Very dog-friendly here at the Fangirl Sports Network and the Get My Job podcast. But I want to go back because the, the getting up at 6 and working a full day and then going to practice, and I just want to focus on that for a minute because – it's not easy. And I know from personal experience as someone who does their own thing, people will say things like, oh, you're so lucky you work for yourself. You get to just do what you want. And yes and no. I mean, like if you don't do it or if I don't do it, no one else is doing it. There's a lot of responsibility there. And like you said, you do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And so it's making sacrifices and decisions and compromises. So if you could just talk a little bit more about that and, you know, at the end of the day, you're probably exhausted, but I assume that the drive that you have is what keeps you going. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, just like everyone else, you have to make money. You got to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. So for me, because I've had an executive leadership talent, I'm generally working two jobs, three jobs, right? So you know, one, get up one and, and, and work from, you know, 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. doing, you know, executive leadership work and then four to eight doing executive leadership work in the WNFC and then football coach work from eight to 11. And, and when I say work, I mean, when they're when it when you run a small business, you are the social me- media manager, you are the salesperson, you are the marketing person, you are the janitor. You are, um, you know, the contracts executive. You are all those things. And we, our business, our league, lucky enough, knock on wood, is growing at about 230% a year. So it, it's nonstop. You wake up, your phone's always ringing. You got a thousand emails, literally, in your inbox, and you're trying to send out a thousand more. But that's the grind. When, when people say they want something, 
you don't know somebody wants something until you see the work they're putting in. Mm-hmm. And if you really want something, I want to see your work. I don't believe in words. If you want to, if you want to see if somebody wants something or not, take a look at their work. That'll tell you. I like that. That's a good, good, good words to live by, to be honest. And also when you are building a business, it's good to keep that in mind because you will come across a lot of people who say a lot of things, but you're right. The work speaks for itself and it always does in, in any, in any business, in any job. Action, baby. We action oriented over here. Like, you know what I mean? This action, Tracy. The other thing is like, I'm having a ball. I'm mm-hmm. having the time of my life, you know? And that's, and at the end of the day, that is what's important. You do want to enjoy it and have fun doing it. Otherwise it's really, it's really not worth it. So that's incredible. Uh, This has been super fun, but I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts and five fun facts is something that our listeners know this, but you may not know this. It's something I started a few years ago with the 49ers players and we do them on video and they get to pick five things about themselves. You wouldn't otherwise know, but on this podcast, we ask everybody the same five questions every week, and it's been super cool and super fun because everybody has such different answers to the same questions. So it's been a joy for us to do it. So if you are ready, five fun facts with Odessa Jenkins. Let's get it. What is your favorite moment in sports? Ooh, my favorite moment in sports is probably the Texas Elite Spartans winning um the 2022 nine cup what is your life motto don't wait till the battle's over shout now because in the end you're gonna win oh i like that what is your go-to workout anything that has burpee included in it i you know what it's so funny i saw a shirt once that said burpees hate you too but i don't think that shirt would be for you (laughs) (laughs) uh what is your go-to coffee order Ooh, hot hazelnut with cream and sugar. Oh, that, sounds, that sounds absolutely delicious. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. Ooh, I don't know about every woman, but everyone should read it. The Power of Who by Bob Bodine. Fantastic. Odessa, thank you so much for joining me today. Please tell everyone again where they can find you on social media and where they can find everything about the Women's National Football Conference. Yes, you can find me at OJ Juice 3, OJ Juice 03 at socials. And everything that you want to know about the WNFC is at, at WNFC Football. That's on all social channels LinkedIn, IG, all these new things that all the people that are in their teens follow, Twitter, <laughs> WNFC Football, or WNFCFootball.com. And be sure to download the Vire Network app so that you can check out all of our games starting April 1st. If you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.